1: The Action Network Podcast.
0: I'm just about that action, boss. Ready,
1: All right, here we go. From the 10th, throwing in zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown.
2: You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh,
0: my God. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right.
1: That is the ultimate kibosh. You want (laughs) to (laughs) bet? And we are underway.
2: What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. I am your host, Chris Raybon, And today we've got our NFL player prop picks for the divisional round. We're going to discuss our top player props of the week. I'm going to have four props. Sean Kerner's here. He's going to have four props as well. So, Sean, what's going on? Uh, how you feeling about this division round?
1: Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Honestly, just, you know, recovering from our intense New York trip. Had a blast. <laughs> but, uh, you know, catching up here. But uh, I love all these matchups. So, I, I found a prop I like from every game. So, looking forward to diving in. Yeah. So,
2: we'll go game by game. Uh, I have two from one game and zero from another. But uh, <laughs> you, uh, the good sport, as always, pick one. Exactly one. From each game. And yes. we do have some overlap for one of them. Yes. And instead of trying to find a different one, I let <laughs> I'm gonna let us just go with the overlap because I think we're like what 16 and two on probably Gotta be overlap on this year or something. So
1: unofficially, but that, that's probably <laughs> very close to what we are this yeah. year.
2: I can't remember losing more than one or two, and I know we've been on a good, right. you know, yeah, 10, 10 or 15 at least. Uh okay. So let's start with the first game. That is the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Kansas City Chiefs on Saturday afternoon. Chiefs favored by eight and a half. The total way up at 53. So uh, the market is expecting some offense in this game. Sean, what do you like for your prop?
1: So I actually like Travis Kelsey over seven and a half receiving yards. Here and this kind of reminds me of the Christian McCaffrey rushing prop that again we both liked last week to go over. Usually I'm not on these kind of players. Like usually the market's pretty inflated. We know these guys are good, but so does you know the sports book. So they they tend to set the prop a bit too high. But this is a spot for Kelsey where I don't know if they can um, set this line high enough. Um and it'll probably only go up. So the sooner you bet this, the better. Uh, but since week nine, you know, Kelsey's average in 82% routes run rate. And, you know, considering it's the playoffs, he could go up closer to 90%. I mean, it's a must-win game, so he's going to play the most he could possibly play. And he's facing a Jaguars defense that we typically take advantage of um, when it comes to tight ends. They rank dead last 32nd in DVOA against tight ends. They just allowed a six-catch, 109-yard game to Gerald Everett, um, who's no slouch, but it just goes to show that usually tight ends go off against his defense. Um, And usually teams go out of their way trying to slow down Mahomes and Kelsen, they can't do it. So if there's any team that really can't do that, it's the Jaguars. So again, this is a prop. I have the median closer to 87 and a half. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes way over that. Uh, So this is just one of those bets where I I just don't know how he's going to stay under this. Uh, And it seems like a square side to be on, but in reality um this is just a, a bet with just so much upside uh I, I couldn't pass it up
2: yeah we need we need our producers to go find i feel like it was like the last two postseasons, you bet like travis kelsey unders like three oh, or the four worst. times so i feel like you're just trying to uh make up for that and redeem yourself yeah <laughs> and, yeah and i can't and i can't knock it you know it's <laughs> it's uh i i'm actually a little closer to the market to be honest i'm at like 83 mm. average so I, i'm right there in line but I mean, there's more upside than downside. It is Travis Kelsey. Uh, and the Jaguars are dead last in DVOA against tight ends uh, and 30th in DVOA on passes to the middle. And I believe they're dead last on passes to the short middle. So yep. a very inviting matchup. And that's going to kind of lead into my prop because uh, I'm actually going with Juju over 54 and a half receiving yards. Uh, there's a lot more value when I, I, I initially. Uh, gave this out on the uh, tan Tampa with Stuckey at 50 and a half, but uh, I, still, I still like Juju to go over here because if you look at the 14 games in which he started and finished, you know, excluding the one he left with a concussion and the one where he came back and he was eased in, he played 38% of the snaps both of those times, but his other 14 games, uh, he went over this in seven, and he went under in seven, so it's dead even, but if it was a Juju game in which, I'll tell you why I think it's going to be in a second, but it was 74 or more yards when he went over in, in in seven of the games and then 46 or less in the other seven. So if you like it and you, you agree with me, you're probably going to be straight, even though it's it's starting to rise. But the reason I like Juju here, Jacksonville plays the sixth most zone, Juju averaging just over 2.2 yards per route run against zone. That is 12th of 93 qualified wide receivers, according to PFF and I already mentioned Jacksonville week over the middle, especially the short middle. If they do want to switch it up and go with some more man coverage, your juju's gonna wind up in the slot a ton. And Herndon, Trey Herndon, their slot corner, one hundredth of 120 qualifiers in his PFF grade. So not a very good slot corner there for the Jags. And uh Juju in uh he, he racked up 33 yards in, in the first meeting. And he only played 38% of the snaps. So uh, you know, he was averaging more than a yard per total snap played uh, run or pass. So Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that bodes well for, for a game like this. Uh, I think he's going to be uh, heavily targeted. And I think you could also see his route participation rate go up a little bit as well for the season. His average is 77% uh, jumps to about 82%. If you take out those two games uh, that I mentioned, where he he only played 38% of the snaps, but uh, he's gotten as high as, as 94%. And he's been in the high 80s a bunch. I uh, wouldn't be surprised in a playoff game with a good matchup and no McCole Hardman if mm-hmm. you see him, you know, toward the higher end of his range of outcomes just in terms of his uh, usage rate in, in this game. So a lot of reasons to like uh, Juju, but uh, I, I don't know. I feel like we're, we're on the two top receivers on the Chiefs, so – Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> I think they, they these, these, over can, here. <laughs>
1: these can both go over. I mean, the the Jags are a pass final defense. Uh, yeah. We kind of saw that last week. That's kind of why the Chargers lost. They couldn't. They were up by twenty four, whatever, and they couldn't run the ball. So they were kept going second and long, third and long, and have to throw. So this is one of those games. I just think Mahomes can easily go over three hundred and fifty yards, um, and both of these guys going over.
2: Yeah, I have my homes around 305 right now. And that's still with me projecting, you know, about a 25% chance of rain. So, mm-hmm. you know, like that's a, that's pretty rare. You project yeah. over 300 yards when you're adjusting for rain. Uh, so yeah, if, if it happens the weather, if we get good weather news, uh, I would like these even more, but uh, yeah, like Juju and, and you like Kelsey, uh, I got one more from this game before we move mm-hmm. on uh, and shout out to Stucky. Uh, who actually alerted me to this one. And I looked it up. I was like, Oh man, I'm mad. I didn't (laughs) think this for myself on the pod, but uh, uh, I'll take it here. And it's Travis Etienne over 17 and a half receiving yards. And, you know, the reason that I like this is obviously number one Jaguars big underdogs. So you expect uh, a trailing game script here. You Mm -hmm. expect more passes. I have Lawrence projected for 39 attempts here, 39 and a half attempts. Uh, But Last week, ETN played on 85% of the running back pass snaps. So he was on the field uh, pretty much the almost the entire game, even in a game in which they had a, a ton of play volume. Uh, he didn't really catch a breather, uh, and they didn't really look to, to Michael Hasty as much as they had in the regular season. So uh, I have bumped ETN up a little bit. Uh, in terms of his route participation and, you know, still being conservative, you know, not giving him, you know, the full, whatever, you know, 77% that he got last mm-hmm. game, but just, you know, kind of in the, the mid sixties. And I, I have him catching uh, uh, about three and a half balls, just under three and a half balls for uh, just over 25 yards here. So I, I think this prop is way too low. I think there's a ton of value here uh, because even though Etienne hasn't been a a, a great pass catcher, uh, you know, this is a pretty condensed offense. You know, they're really not using the fourth receiver. They're not using the backup tight ends, and now they're not even using the backup running back. So, uh, if you're going to be on the field, you know, running two thirds to three quarters of the routes in a game where we expect a lot of passes, uh, you, you would expect an explosive guy like ETN uh, to clear this. And the Chiefs, uh, good matchup, 26 in DVOA on passes to running backs.
1: Yeah, no, I like that one. And uh Jamichael Hasty had zero touches, so it's pretty mm-hmm. clear that <laughs> ATN is gonna be a true workhorse back in the playoffs. And you know, he's been kind of underwhelming when it comes to you know receptions and receiving yards this year, but that's kind of, that was kind of his specialty um heading into the season. Remember, they had him lining up as a receiver at yep. times. So he's a really good pass catching back. So at any given moment, he's gonna go off. And if he's seeing this much playing time, it just gives him even more chances. So yeah good buy low opportunity because like you said he only had one catch for 12 yards last week but that was kind of fluky based on his playing time so he has massive massive upside in the spot right here
2: yeah exactly that's what you that's really what we're taking advantage of here it's the yeah. fact that you know he didn't really put up a massive game like i still have his targets per route projected around you know about 13 and a half percent so pretty mm-hmm. low so it's, it's literally it just comes down to the volume this this number is way too low uh, just how we kind of talked about kind of the opposite last week with, uh, I think it was Mixon's numbers were just way too high. You know, there was no, like, it, it was just volume. It was, it was, he wasn't going to get enough yeah. in here. I think ETN is going to get uh, more than enough. So uh, let's go to the Giants and the Eagles. Saturday night football, divisional matchup here. You got the Eagles favored by seven and a half. The total shot up to 48. It looks like uh, there's some sharp action coming in on that over uh, as well. Uh, what do you like in this giant Eagle game?
1: So um, I'm on Daniel Ballinger under 22 and a half receiving yards. Um, as you remember, weeks 15 through 17, he ran route on 96% of Daniel Jones dropbacks. That's why we were kind of saying he's a great play in DFS. I mean, granted, he wasn't doing much with that usage. He only averaged 24 yards a game over that stretch. Um, and then last week against the Vikings, his routes run rate fell all the way down to 82%. Yep. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't know why, but they got Lawrence Cager uh, more involved. His routes run rate was around 30%. And that honestly could have had something to do with um, week 18. You know, when they rested all the starters, Cager I, I just went off for eight catches for 69 yards. Um, you know, he's a former receiver, so he's more athletic than Bellinger. So maybe they just want a little, little bit more pop in the passing game. Um, But I'm expecting them to to have a similar usage this week. And the Eagles are pretty good uh, against tight end six and DVOA. So if Bellinger isn't getting that massive, massive playing time, you know, he's going to have a much lower floor um, as always. And he has a lower a dot. So he he could catch three passes and still stay under this number. So I think there's some sneaky value on Bellinger under 22 and a half receiving yards here. Yeah,
2: it's, it's been a challenge to project uh, this tight end usage for this week because that was kind of a – it kind of came out of left field, right? Lawrence Cager, 30%. And what's even more interesting is that Bellinger actually played on 83% of the pass snap. So I'm actually projecting it even lower because he didn't really block at all. And, you know, you got to <laughs> usually factor in he's going to block – you know, I'm using his, like, season-long pass blocking rate kind of mixed with his last week's snap rate. So I actually have him around 77 and a half percent for this week, which is even lower than wow. last week. So, uh, yeah, I show a little bit of value uh, on the under as well. And 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 I kind of selfishly hope that he does go under because I think it's somewhat correlated with the prop that I want to go over. Mm. And that is Saquon Barkley uh, over his receiving yardage prop at 25 and a half. And, you know, Barkley was in on, he, he ran around on 95. Five percent of the dropbacks last week. So he was out there every play, and because they had Cager, Bellinger, and even sometimes Matt Breida on the field at the same time, Barkley didn't need to block. So that's something that's kind of been happening more and more as this season uh has kind of uh, during the stretch run, they've stopped using Barkley as a blocker as much. And I think that's you know that speaks to you know he had a I think he had a neck injury at, at one point, and he had a shoulder injury at one point so it kind of makes sense you know you get your most explosive playmaker uh, don't let them have to hit linebackers uh, and defensive linemen get them in a the route and i think they're going to need to do that this week against philly Uh philly's number 24 in dvoa on passes to running backs but they're also number two against number one wide receivers they're fourth uh, against number two wide receivers so you're going to have to find other ways to beat this Eagle team than just Slayton and Hodgins, like you did last week against Minnesota. Some of that stuff just isn't going to be there this week. So uh, I think Barkley is going to be featured in the past game. And he had 20 yards on just seven routes when they played in week 14, but he had an injury. And so he didn't really play much, but uh, I think that was promising. And I think that's kind of a sign of, of things to come more, more Barkley in the past game uh, rather than, you know, uh, a bunch of targets to Slayton and Hodgins this week, just because uh, the the separation, I just don't think is going to be there the way it was uh, against, you know, playing Minnesota two times in three weeks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, This was actually my favorite prop in that game before I found the Irv Smith prop um, because, you know, the Vikings play a ton of zone and, you know, I thought breakfast is going to go off. Ironically, uh, the Vikings just fired, Defensive at Donatel, as I'm saying. Oh that. no! Um, oh no! What so, <laughs> now? What are we gonna of, do? A little bit of breaking news there. Um, oh, what are we but, gonna do, man? Like not yeah, Like
2: oh, oh that's <laughs> that's just like when that's like when Bleedy Ray Wilson got benched.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who saw this coming? But um, I mean, one of the things that I saw was I, I think it was week sixteen. You were saying, look, it's must win time for the Giants. Do, do not be surprised if Barkley just you know starts playing every down. Yeah, and that's when his routes run rate. Jumped up to, you know, he was around like 60, 65% from weeks 10 through 15. He was banged up. We were saying, you know, he's probably just exhausted. You know, he's had a big workload. Uh, and then it shot all the way up to 82%, 90% in week 17. Um, and then it was 95% last week. So he's practically running a route on every Daniel Jones dropback. And last week, Jones had what, what? 11 rush attempts. So I don't think he's going to scramble. As much, it's going to be impossible. So I just think that's going to lead to more checkoffs uh, to Barkley as well. So, yeah, I think he has massive, massive upside in this market right now. Yeah, cleared it
2: in three of his last four. He's gone 33-49, and he had a negative five against Indianapolis uh, and then 56 last week. So trending up, Uh, let's go to Sunday. we got the Bills and the Bengals. Bills at home favored by five and a half. The total – 48 and a half and this is the game that we are both on the same uh prop so break it down
1: yeah so uh we both arrived at this on our own and devin singletary under it's down to 40 and a half rushing yards but i still like it there and the few reasons i do like the under here is the first is you know he was out touched by rookie james cook last week who had 12 rush attempts Singletary had 10. You know, I was kind of I didn't touch that backfield the first game. I thought there was a chance. Um, you know, the Bills are gonna let the veteran Singletary handle more work, um, despite James Cook seriously outplaying him all year long. Uh, but the opposite was true. You know, they let James Cook handle at least more of the early down work. Singletary did play significantly more um on passing downs. So that's the first reason I like the under. Uh the second is this should be a close game, you know, where the Bills will likely be a bit more pass-heavy than usual. I, I think the overall rushing volume itself will be down here for the Bills. Um, and third is, you know, the Bengals' run defense is very good. Uh, they rank 14th in DVOA on the season, but you have to factor in DJ Reader missed six games earlier in the season. He's one of the premier run stuffers in the league. Um, teams have averaged 4.6 yards per run when he's off the field, only 3.6 yards per run when he's on the field, according to Sports Info Solutions. So a lot of reasons to like this under. I just think he has a very low floor. He's more likely to hit his floor here. Um, so I'm projecting his median closer to 35 and a half yards, but I still like it um, at 40 and a half.
2: Yeah, I'm even lower than that. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was average <laughs> around 33 because, I, you know, the Bills are still a very pass-heavy team. Uh, and, you know, in the in the first round, uh, even against a Skyler Thompson quarterback. Dolphins team uh, the Bills still called a designed pass play uh, 68% of the time so more than two-thirds of the time uh, the Bills still were throwing the football and you know against this Bengals defense who you know I think I don't know I don't know that they crowd the box or anything like that but I think they will dare dare the Bills to run at at points but still a tough defense to run against mentioned with Reader their average uh, teams are running back specifically are averaging a half a yard less uh per carry in the games reader has played and yeah you know that week 18 that patriots game cook nine carries Singletary seven you say okay you know that that could just be uh kind of uh some noise you know end of the year they're, maybe they're trying to get the rookie uh some more work or, or whatever not but then he gets two more carries than Singletary in the first round of the playoffs as well so now you kind of look at that and say okay now now you really have to adjust for that because two games when you're looking at carry share for running backs that's really all it takes you know you kind of have to adjust based on those last two games and kind of go from there so uh, at this point I'm projecting Cook for about two more carries than Devin Singletary and that's what's kind of got him uh, in the mid-30s along with this tough matchup so uh, still have Singletary projected for uh, most of the passing down work. And I think the team is more comfortable with that because remember earlier in the year, Cook uh, sh- was struggling with the kind of the blocking aspect of it. And there's one thing you can't have is it's getting Josh Allen uh, decked. So uh, I, I think that this, this kind of breakdown usage wise. will continue. Let's not forget Naeem Hines been working in more. And in that first Bengals game that got canceled, uh, Singletary did get the first carry, but Cook da- got the next two scored Mm -hmm. a touchdown. And even in the middle of that, Reggie Gilliam got a target. So like (laughs) there's four, four backfield opportunities. Singletary got one. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, so looking at, you know, Bengals game log since week 11 reader returned. they held backs like Derrick Henry, 38 yards, Nick Chubb, 34 yards, Ramondre Stevenson, 30 yards. Those are workhorse backs. And now you have a guy that, you know, splits work at best um you know clearing those numbers so it's just with with this defense playing well i I don't see how the the bills don't just air it out and even josh allen himself hasn't been running as much lately um he had what four rush attempts last week so that that will likely go up this week and maybe you know one or two of those is at the expense of singletary as well
2: yeah i i will be interested to see if they uh the bills go to some option here because you know they have been kind of reluctant to run allen but the one thing that has worked against that Bengals defense has been that, that, that option that, that the Ravens are running, you know, Dobbins, Dobbins had no uh, problem picking up work, but I, uh, picking up yardage, but I think that is kind of contributing to why this line opened uh, so high. You know, I think, you know, books are probably factoring in, okay, well, they just gave up a bunch of yards to Dobbins. And I think they did twice both in both of those games, but, Mm -hmm. uh, or to the Ravens running backs in general, I don't, it was like Drake, I think in the first one, but either way, uh, tough matchup for the Bills. Uh, they're going to win. I think they still win on their pass game here. All right. Now we come to the final game. This is the Cowboys going to the San Francisco 49ers. Niners favored by three and a half, total 46. So this is one I don't have a prop yet. So uh, I'll let you carry us uh, for this yeah. one, Mike.
1: Uh. So I'm going with Christian McCaffrey under 38 and a half receiving yards. And obviously, you know, he's arguably the top pass catching back in the league. But the Niners offense really hasn't been using their running backs uh, in the passing game very much the past few seasons. Um and lately it's kind of showed with McCaffrey he's only cleared this in two of the last eight games. He's only seen um three or four or more targets, I should say, in two of the last six. So he's been held for three or fewer um in four of the last six. But that that was so he hasn't cleared this in two of eight games, and that was a spite. Debo missing three games, Elijah Mitchell missing five games over that stretch. So technically he should have been at max capacity over that range, and he still wasn't clearing this. So with both players back in the lineup, that that's going to only eat into his usage even more. Um, Dallas tends to play more man coverage than other teams. You know, they uh, play man coverage at the 10th highest rate. They've generated the highest pressure rate. So there's a chance McCaffrey have to stay in and block just a little bit more here. Um, Plus, we saw last week that Brock Purdy was more willing to scramble. I've been saying he could rush for over 20 yards a game if he wanted to or needed to. And I think you hinted they they can't afford him to get hurt, so they probably told not to do that. But now that we're in the playoffs, you know, I would not be surprised if he does rush for 20 or more yards going forward. So he ran season high 16 yards last week. Again, the more he's going to scramble, the less checkdowns McCaffrey will even get. Um, and then the matchup, you know, Dallas has only allowed two running backs to clear this number all year. Um, you know, obviously, like I said, CMC is an elite pass catching back, but that just goes to show how high this number actually is. If only two running backs have cleared this against the Cowboys. So I, I'm still projecting, him, you know, for a pretty high number here at 33 and a half, but just the way the 49ers distributed the ball, um, every player kind of has a lower floor um, if other guys go off. So this is just a matchup where I think they're going to lean on McCaffrey Moore as a runner than as a pass catcher. So uh, I like the value we're getting here on his under 38 and a half receiving yards.
2: Yeah. I mean, this offense is so stacked that they don't <laughs> need McCaffrey to gain, yeah. you know, 40 yards, you know, obviously if he breaks one, you know, that, that just comes with the territory, but um, you know, yeah, th- th- they're spreading the ball around. You got Kittle healthy. You got you playing at a high level. And of course you got Debo back. So uh if they don't have to get McCaffrey, you know, you know, 38, 40 plus yards uh, of res- in the receiving yeah. game. I think they prefer it because I think they want to use him on the ground. And, you know, last week it was Elijah Mitchell making the plays in a pass game. So yeah. uh, maybe that should be my prop, though. Uh, Brock Purdy over six and a half rushing yards. Uh, he's Ooh, cr- I like cr- it. each of the last two, seven or more. He's averaging uh, seven. He had seven and then 16 in the first playoff game. So, yeah, I might actually might actually have to <laughs> take a look at that one.
1: Go for it! Yeah, he's he's not Jimmy G. He's not some statuesque no. pocket passer. He's been in that you know his prop has been in the five and a half, six and a half range. But I'm telling you, he has the ability if he wants to to just absolutely crush that. We kind of saw a glimpse of that last week.
2: Yeah, I think the only thing that probably you know it, it makes it close is that uh, you know you could you know the Niners winning every week favorite again yeah. uh, could get three nil downs uh, which could which could make it a sweat so uh, but uh, yeah follow me in the app obviously uh, of course follow sean at uh, the underscore odds maker i'm at chris raybon uh, and you can see you know what else we've kind of uh, mm-hmm. decided on uh, between the time we recorded this and uh, the time uh, that uh, the ball is kicked off but uh, that is going to do it for this pod and Uh, For more great fantasy content from Sean and I, be sure to check out our full DFS preview episodes over uh, on the Fantasy Flex podcast channel leading into the divisional round. And be sure to check out my weekly betting preview episode every Thursday with Stucky right here on the Action Network podcast, actionnetwork.com for all of our NFL betting and fantasy content, FantasyLabs.com for our DFS tools and models. And, And don't forget right now, Action is offering pro subscriptions for 40% off. So be sure to take advantage of that. If you want to save some shmoney, this is only being offered during the NFL playoffs. So if you don't already have pro, now is the best time to subscribe and unlock all of the best features of the Action app. Until next time, get this shmoney.